0: Last Tuesday, January 15th, 2019, Prime Minister Theresa May's Brexit bill suffered the worst defeat in the Commons in British history. Not Blair the liar, Thatcher the milk snatcher, Churchill Disraeli or the betraying bastard Ramsay MacDonald came close to this defeat. May lost the vote by 230. She will go down in history. For this. But there were no great howls from the media for May to resign. The BBC seems to have gone out of its way not to hold May to account. The BBC and all the press media have been falling over themselves to instantly re-establish the status quo around May and her DUP lifeline. Division in the Conservative Party led. Tan Toffman Cameron to call the referendum in 2016 in the first place. He thought that he could get rid of the problem by staging a referendum in which the majority would vote for his remain. Despite promises to stay on if the vote went against him uh, and went for Brexit, he immediately resigned as Prime Minister. Was Cameron held to account by the BBC? Not really. Interrogated in an interview? In-depth analysis of his resignation? There wasn't any of that. Immediately, all concerned his successor. Ever since the referendum, the BBC has been falling over itself to find One Nation Conservatism again, to hang its institutional hat on. But actually... One Nation Conservatism no longer exists. After May narrowly won a no-confidence vote, she was given a prime TV slot to tell the nation it is all Jeremy Corbyn's fault. For two and a half years, May and a musical chair's government has meant to be negotiating the Brexit deal. And now, miraculously, it's Corbyn's fault. Ladies and gentlemen, at five minutes to midnight, I said I would talk to Jeremy Corbyn, but he won't talk to me unless I give him one of my red lines. I'm not giving away anything. I'm not giving away a red line at all. It's all his fault, I tell you. It's all his fault. And like a wood full of syncopated parrots, the media chirps back, It's Corbyn's fault. Corbyn's fault. The good old Liberal Guardian, which reminded us this month it was set up in the wake of the 1819 Peterloo Massacre to champion the masses so wilfully cut down by Castlereagh's high Tory government, the Guardian now loves, adores, wets itself when Corbyn is attacked because every heartbeat of the Guardian now is for Britain to remain in the European Union at the expense Of any and all class issues which are actually central to what's taking place now. The Guardian is obsessed with a second referendum, which I'll return to shortly. Except in the Financial Times, perhaps, there is no real analysis of the deep crisis in the Tory party and the deeper crisis in the ruling class because they would rather the masses starve to death than let in a socialist, even one as. Quaker-friendly as Jeremy Corbyn. On Monday, the 21st of January, three days away, Theresa May will bring back to the Commons a new Brexit deal. Only she won't. A minister let slip on question time last night that she will bring back a statement written in red and presented in a glass bottle Robin Day, who has presided over Question Time for three lifetimes, sorry, they've now got a new uh, chair, Fiona Bruce, but actually it makes little difference. Well, the BBC chairperson last night made absolutely no reference to this revelation whatsoever. You know, you'd think that any journalist would go, oh my goodness, it's a statement, not a bill. So, in place of this second Brexit bill, there will be a message in a bottle with which she'll attempt to convince the DUP to accept because if the rancid DUP accept this offering, her Tory Brexiteers will too. So as the boss bottle arrives and drifts towards the rocks of no deal, we will see. The vote on this second bill, the message in a bottle, won't take place next week, of course. But will take place on January the twenty-ninth. So there's plenty of time and masses of opportunity to blame Jeremy Corbyn for this eaten mess. And of course, the BBC, The Guardian and other print media will echo this because in their view, only one thing... Thing can risk you lovely Theresa and that's a second referendum proposed by Corbyn for which he and the Labour can take all the flack if shit hits the fan because surely it will and Mab will be able to rise f- like a rose with her red pen with the red lines and wave them in Corbyn's face like she's the queen at the races So, we come to the notion of a second referendum. The Guardian, I presume, wants a binary choice, second referendum, made deal, or staying in the European Union. Out or in of the EU, in or out of the EU. But hang on, some want a no-deal option. And then surely there are other questions, such as, If you voted in the first referendum, do you now feel duped in having to vote in the second referendum? Or were you duped in the first referendum and that this second referendum is okay? Or which referendum do you now prefer? And then what if the vote in the second referendum is far lower in the first referendum? Will there be some clause to say they were nasty people who voted leave in the first referendum and nice, cuddly types who vote remain in the second referendum? Actually, there could be a whole A3 page of questions on the ballot paper, a sort of smorgasbord of choice from Norway with cheese to Canada with extra salad, and on and on it might go. So... Unless it's a binary choice, we're going to be in for the preference vote. And through a preference vote, there will be a new conflicting mess which will undoubtedly be heaped on society. And then, there's always the question, what if leave, win again? The only answer to all this mess is a general election that the BBC the Guardian and all don't want as they cling to the last vestige of some sort of status quo via a second referendum with their pals Tony Blair and co.